Hey friends, hope all is well and Happy New Year. I just wanted to introduce this new series of episodes that are a little bit different. We're not diving deep into hyperspace, Sith Lords, or Jedi archives this week, so please give this one a chance. Let me give you some background behind my interest in spearheading this series on representation. Growing up as a Mexican-American kid, I never had a second thought on representation in my media or movies. It's just something I really never thought of. I think particularly because I was pretty comfortable with my identity ethnically growing up, but as I got older, that didn't change much. I had all sorts of friends from all over the world growing up in one of Chicago's very diverse neighborhoods. It really wasn't an emphasis. I saw diversity in life pretty much all over the place and realized that movies were all make-believe anyway. But slowly, I had been thinking about representation a bit more, especially after we got the announcement of Diego Luna being cast in Rogue One, and even a little when we got Jimmy Smith's in the prequels. This series is more or less an avenue for me to talk out certain points with friends. It's something that I find interesting, especially the many points of view we see on social media. I promise you it's not any beat-you-over-the-head woke message about representation. It's just more or less a discussion and observation. And I really hope you enjoy these three episodes and comment, if you will. What do you think about representation in movies and media? So I recorded these episodes a little over a year ago and kept them under wraps for the most part, but I think now is the time to share, and I'm looking forward to your feedback. I spoke to Marisha over at Coruscant Radio Underground and The Science Fictionary. Her and Andrew are fantastic friends and wonderful content creators, and if you're not following them, please change that. Next, I had a conversation with effects artist Yoshi Vu, and we both shared some very interesting insight on the topic. And last, more recently, I spoke with our friend Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, who is the newest member of the Red 5 Network under Galaxy of Queers podcast. You should check out her show as well. Thanks for listening, guys. We split these up in three because as Star Wars fans, you know, we like trilogies, don't we? Right? Right. Enjoy the first of the series on representation, a candid discussion with friends. First up, Marisha. Enjoy. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Just so you know, I am in the state of Illinois, and law requires me to inform you that we are being recorded on both ends. Thank you very much. Do you accept? I do accept. <laughs> That's funny. I think I did. I'm full of dad jokes. I think I did that one when we first did our very uh, original um, Leia crossover, mega crossover episode, okay. if I'm not c- correct. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's funny to me, and that's what counts. <laughs> Thank you very much, Marisha, uh, for uh, joining me on this uh, very interesting episode, I might say, especially with uh, the political climate of the day. But I think it's one of those things that uh, people always tend to talk about, and that is representation, not only in... Star Wars, but I guess in in media and other you know franchises. So it's uh, it's something that I really never thought about um, as a young person growing up. But as an adult, don't laugh. 
Um, as an adult, um, I you know I think more and more of it, and obviously as a father, um, it's mm-hmm. something that's you know kind of uh, I- important in my brain. But um, you know, Star Wars has always had a uh, a, a range of characters, uh, and again, just growing up, they were just really really cool characters. Uh, I didn't really dive into the who or the what. I just enjoyed the story. And uh, for, you know, for me growing up, Star Wars just represented, um, you know, a, a really cool story with uh, colorful characters. Um, and I use that uh, pun, uh, you know, completely on purpose here. But uh, as far as, uh, you know, female characters, and obviously the, the original movie only had one female character and she was strong as heck. You, you really didn't. Right. You know, you really didn't question Leia. Um, you know, it, it didn't really matter as long as the story um, went forward. But, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this um, last year when uh, we all got together and talked about the legacy of Leia. But she goes, uh, you know, she she's uh, a character that's very important uh, when it comes to representation. And obviously, I think George Lucas did that on purpose. She broke a lot of molds, and she was not the yeah. uh, the damsel in distress. Uh, quite the opposite. She, uh, she no, no. Uh, she was the one that kind <laughs> of uh, you know ran the rescue operation in the first movie. And I would venture to say that uh, you know Leia may not have been such a force to be reckoned with without Carrie Fisher's portrayal, um, uh, advocating for her independence and and the tenacity that she had throughout the films. Uh, let me ask you this. How does Leia stack up with other female characters in science fiction, especially during the 70s, from your point of view? What, uh, what does Leia represent to you, especially, you know, you, mother of uh, right. many children daughters. and uh, yes. daughters? So uh, yes. talk a little bit about uh, her representation in, in, in Star Wars. So one of my favorite things about Leia is that she is formidable and she can handle things. She can, you know, she can carry a weapon. She can, but she is also um, quintessentially feminine. I mean, she, she dresses like an angel, you know, she floats around and she has elaborate hairstyles. You know, she sort of does all of the stereotypically feminine things and her, the fact that she's a badass does not detract from the fact that she is feminine. And the fact that she's beautiful does not detract from the fact that she is formidable. And so I think that's always been one of my favorite things about her is so often, I think, okay, Ridley, for example, I mean, she's she's something, but it's not like, oh, you know, we're going to want to dress up like her, you know, for our princess party. Right. She's not she's not that sort of character. And that's fine. Um, but I was always a dress up like a princess kind of girl. And, you know, I was always very girly. I had tea parties and I had long, like past my waist blonde hair. And I would put my hair up and I would do, you know, ram's horns and I would do the big bun, would go with the braid down the back and all of those things. So I really enjoyed the fact that she was such a she was such a, a, okay, I'm trying to find the word. Um, she had so much depth and she was like a real person. She was 
all kinds of different things. She wasn't just beautiful. She wasn't just brave. She wasn't just strong. She wasn't just any of these things. She was an actual person with depth. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, before we uh, before we got together, you in the direct messages uh, back and forth, we, you were talking to me about how uh, this topic really uh, kind of excited you, but you mentioned something about the fact that uh, representation uh, from your point of view kind of gets jumbled in with a lot of other stuff or it's not told right. What, uh, what did you mean about that? Okay, so whenever The Force Awakens came out and we got the first look, we got the poster, and there was a woman and a black guy and a guy in a mask. But nobody was like, everyone? There is a woman and a black guy in this movie. Everyone, we need to scream from the housetops. Everyone, can you see this? Have you noticed this? Obviously, we noticed it. We looked at the poster and we saw that it was there. And it was just it was just a thing. It wasn't something that we had to preach about. It wasn't something we had to yell about. It was just something that this is how the world is. This is how our country looks. This is a reflection uh, in this fantasy universe of how the real world looks. That's great. Um, but I get weary of... Okay, for example, the um, Ghostbusters reboot. And all, oh, we're having an all-female cast. And the guy is going to be the eye candy. La, la, la. And we had to just go on and on and beat us over the head with how we were doing this thing. Just make a good movie. Make a good movie with women because women are people too. Just like all kinds of other people. Um, make a good movie with... Latinos and with people of all different skin colors and accents. Yes, because we're all people. So just do it, do a good job. But we don't, you don't have to tell us and pat yourself on the back about how good you've done because we're being diverse. Just do it. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, uh... You you mentioned how Leia just was a real person. She was uh, approachable to both men and women, uh, boys and girls. It wasn't a, hey, look at me, I, I'm a princess or I'm a female. And um, nowadays, you're right. I mean, Hollywood seems to be uh, doing exactly that. Uh, you brought up Ghostbusters. You brought up films like that. And um, it is kind of a weird thing where they seem to be taking the um, uh, the road of let's make an all-female-led action movie. And what does that, you know, what does that say about Hollywood's understanding, I guess, of, of not only real people, but just people in general? Is that how people want to go and be entertained? Um, I you know, when I go to the movies, I'm not going to, I'm not saying, Hey, I'm going to go to this movie. Cause there's like three Latinos and four women in it. You know, uh, I'm going to go see this movie because there's, you know, there's some shit that's going to blow up and it looks really exciting. And there happens to be three Latinos and four women. Okay. That's fine. But it's not like at the top of my list and you're right. Uh, with stuff like that, you, I guess the first thing is really to, to, to make a good movie, to make a good story. And, um, I think, 
I think everything else will fall into place. Um, so that yeah, that's those are good points. Um, as far as Leia being a real person, you know, for a while the original trilogy only really had Princess Leia. Uh, up until Return of the Jedi, when we had uh, Mon Mothma leading the rebels to victory, and it uh, you know it was obviously a refreshing thing to see new characters in any of the Star Wars movies, but let alone another female. Um, you know, led, um, I guess, uh, another female that was leading the Rebels. And it, it was it was a character that had so much feeling in such a short time on screen. I mean, you really felt her passion. Obviously, we've seen her a lot more now right. the, in, in the cartoons and, and in Rogue One, and we'll get to Rogue One in a little bit. But uh, there doesn't seem to be a shortage of passion from female characters in Star Wars, as obviously we see in the prequels with Padme, uh, Rey in the sequels, even the expanded universe had Mara Jade, uh, Jaina Solo, etc. How has the slow introduction of female characters changed the landscape of how men see Star Wars throughout, or has it? What do you think? I mean, there's always going to be your contingent who thinks that Jedi should only be men with lightsabers. I mean, but who said? Let me. Let no, me no, stop I've you actually met who's... those people. Oh wow! Like All I, have, right. like seriously, like, well, why do we have to have a girl, you know, be a Jedi? Why? I mean, like, I've honestly met those people, and I think to myself, you've got daughters. Like, how can this not be cool? But most people don't feel that way. Most people, they just want to go see a good story. They want to see, um. They want to see characters do interesting and compelling things. They want to see Star Wars be awesome. And I mean, I can't speak for men on the whole, but I can speak for the one that I'm married to. He is always excited to see characters for our daughters to to emulate and 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 be excited about, but we're both more interested in going to see a well-told story and well-developed characters, characters who do things for real reasons and, and, and things like that. Um, I mean, they've definitely expanded the repertoire of female characters in Star Wars over the years. Um, and of course, some of them haven't been met with a lot of enthusiasm, but I think that they were intended that way. Like Ahsoka was not a hit initially. She was, kind of unlikable because she was a 14 year old girl and uh, having been a 14 year old girl not the most likable of creatures um <laughs> i can't imagine that oh yeah you <laughs> mm, yeah there's just something about teenagers you know teenagers come just a little bit knowing everything and uh, adults don't tend to love that about them but we've seen because we're because we're the ones that know everything right, right? we have figured it all <laughs> out yeah alas no i really did think like as a kid like that adults really had it figured out now i mean i'm in my mid-30s and i'm like i don't have a darn thing of this figured out well that's fun that's not how this is supposed to go but you know we've seen we've seen some of our female characters as well as some of our male characters really grow and mature and become compelling and well-loved characters and i think that men appreciate just that just as much as women do on the whole i would have question? to agree 
Was yeah, that yeah. your question there? <laughs> sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a guy. I, I appreciate uh, female characters. I really, you know, um, you mentioned Ahsoka. I mean, there's. Uh, I, I was one of those guys that just did not like her character when I first saw her in the Clone Wars movie. She was whiny, but again, just the the power of the writing of Dave Filoni and George Lucas, the, mm-hmm. the creators of, of this story, uh, of this character, you know, she has grown on me and any, any, every other fan. She's mm-hmm. a fan favorite, obviously now. Yep. Um, and it just, you know, it's a testament to the fact that like you mentioned earlier, that the writing of these characters should come first, not their gender. And a lot of times, you know, the the first thing on the whiteboard is female or black or Latino or or whatever that is. And um, you know, it's it's good. I think that companies are are thinking about us um, in some form or fashion. But again, it's something that companies should have been thinking about um, even before modern times because we are part of the population and we are consumers of of this stuff and where the hell are we if we're not on screen you know we're right. we're here we're watching um but uh you know th- those are great points um how do female characters change the course of story in the universe i mean talk a little bit about uh, you you spoke about ahsoka but uh, i mean characters like ventress and uh, mother talzin and mon mm-hmm. mothma we mentioned her i mean these are all characters that you don't mess with. I mean, no. these are strong characters. They're they're movers and shakers. Um, and they're, I mean, Mother Talzin. She's she's been pulling. You know, she is a string puller to rival Palpatine. Now she doesn't wind up winning, but she has been playing head games and pulling strings for a very long time. Um, I mean, and of course you can't if you're talking about uh important and influential women you can't leave out padme right right she's um she's getting things done or at least she's trying and uh it is a shame we we're talking about mon motha earlier that we i actually had forgotten that the scenes with mon mothma did not make it into revenge of the sith because i have I, you know i sit and watch them because i like all of the extra not enough politics in it for me i like all the extra politics um so i had actually forgotten that she didn't actually make it into the movie but you know it's at at the risk of beating a dead horse they're people and in the same way that you know Palpatine and Vader are pushing agendas and changing things so are other people some of whom happen to be female um and yeah I think that the story looks really different if we don't have the likes of Padme and Ahsoka and Ventress and Mon Mothma. I I think the whole movement is very different. So let me ask you this as a, uh, you know, as a parent of nerd children um, that we are, I guess. um, how, How do you see your kids consumption of these genre films when it comes to gender? Do they, uh, do you guys notice anything when you're watching certain things? And obviously, you know, you guys are deep into it because right. you know you cr- you create costumes. Obviously, you're sitting in a room full of all this media that uh, is is very genre based. So, right. 
What are the some of the, what are some of the things that you notice, or is it even an issue in in your household as far as characters, male versus male, um, you know, or or any other type of of characters? I notice that my kids will sit down and enjoy. My son enjoyed Wonder Woman, and my girls love them some Captain America. They they will enjoy watching the movie. It doesn't really make a difference whether it's a about Black Widow, or although my girls are pretty darn excited about that movie. Um, but whether it doesn't really seem to make a difference to the kids as far as just watching and enjoying the story, enjoying the movie. However, when it comes to if you ask them who their favorite character is, they're always going to go with a same gendered character. The girls are going to go with Padme or Leia, they're going to go with Black Widow, Wonder Woman. Generally, if they have to pick a favorite, they're always going to pick the one that is is their same gender. And um, let's say with Elijah, he's generally going to go in for Captain America or Superman, pretty predictably. Um, And as far as just characters that they like to pretend to be, my girls have never wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Uh, And I know some girls, you know, enjoy kind of portraying that character. But my girls will always go in for the same gendered characters. Generally, as far as associating themselves with a certain character, they tend to go in for the ones that are same gender, which I think is interesting because we don't make a big deal about that kind of stuff in our house one way or the other. Um, We just, you know, we just watch a lot of different kinds of entertainment and we enjoy a lot of different kinds of entertainment. But even like watching Harry Potter, my girls are super into Harry Potter, especially uh, my oldest daughter, but if you ask her, generally she, at this stage in her life, she's going to go in for Hermione. Of course, Hermione is also very bookish; like you know, she's a very similar kind of character. Um, but I think that it's easier for my children to see themselves in characters that are more like them. So it's kind of been interesting to watch how how they kind of work through those things for themselves. And that's very interesting because, you know, I I think when we watch these films and when we get exposed to all this stuff, you know, something inside our brain kicks in that's very primordial. You kind of latch yourself to the things you most understand Mm -hmm. and and relate to. And I think, obviously, that is one of the biggest reasons that representation in Star Wars and other, you know, media and franchises matters to mm-hmm. to a lot of people whether they think of it or not. Right. I mean, like I mentioned growing up, I wasn't too into uh Star Wars uh and and films because I saw myself in it. I just liked the right. story, but as we grow right. older, you know, and and I'm going to be talking to um uh, Raul and and Cesar, uh, friends of mine in the Star Wars community, they're uh, Hispanic, and and we're we're going to talk about you know the Cassian Andor series and and what Rogue One did to us as far as seeing you know a Mexican actor portray this character. You right. know, uh, again, it's nothing that that was you know front and center in my brain. Right. Um, I was more interested in in the cool story and more Star Wars. But right. when you think about it, it's like, oh, oh wow, yeah, exactly. The, you know, so that's 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 an interesting thing, uh, almost kind of like a self discovery for myself as well, yeah. because because like, I didn't you know, know I needed that until I got it. 
Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so going forward, I mean, some folks claim that there's an additional emphasis on pushing Star Wars and other franchises towards bringing heightened awareness to either gender or race. Do you feel that's the case? Uh, is that a fair assessment? Why or why not? Oh, I mean, there definitely is increased emphasis in that just across the board, I think, in entertainment right now. There's a lot of conversations around diversity. In fact, whenever the Project Luminous, um, like that whiteboard, they they had that, that kind of released. Uh, diversity was on there more than once in a couple of different areas. So it's clearly something that people are aware of and people are making uh, an effort to really change the way that they tell stories maybe but i i i'm really excited to see that i'm excited in fact i i wrote an article on the sciencefictionary.com a couple of years ago um about why my little blonde son needs black panther and wonder woman is because i want my kids to look at entertainment and not just see themselves represented but to see the world as it actually is to see our country as it actually is. Um, and I think that that's really important. I think that for my kids to grow up and to be better than I am and better than my parents and my grandparents and, and the people that came before us, I think that we need to see the world as it is. However, I'm not interested in having agendas crammed down my throat just for the sake of an agenda. I want to see, I think it does a disservice to minority groups and to women to tell inferior stories just for the sake of getting their faces on a screen. I absolutely agree. And I, um, when you were describing the, uh, your, your story that you wrote, um, about why your, your son needs black Panther, I just got chills because, it is something that, you know, you, you want, as a parent, again, you want your kids exposed to certain things in life that will prepare them for the real world, and um, stuff like that is part of our world, um, you know, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool that you're doing that. And I think I'm going to ask you to uh, send me that article so we can sure. stick it on the Red 5 Network. Yeah. I think that would be yep. amazing. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. You know, I mean, because the... The fact is, the world is much bigger than the five white men that we initially saw taking front and center on the Avengers. You know, I mean, my son is well represented in the world, um, and I want him and everyone else to be able to see themselves, but also to see, I mean, the world is so diverse and so rich and so interesting and colorful you know, we we all deserve to get to see the world the way it is. That is absolutely right. So, Marisha, in closing, what do you think Star Wars is doing right or wrong when it comes to representation? You know, uh, I kind of used The Force Awakens as an example earlier of how I was really pleased to see, like, Star Wars and there was no fanfare. It was just like this thing. Here it is. We're they didn't have to beat us over the head with this. They just did it. However, I feel as time has gone on, they felt it necessary to 
inform us a little more frequently. Oh, have you not noticed all of the women? Have you not noticed all of the, you know, non-white male representation that we have gotten in Star Wars? Isn't that important? I would rather them just do it and do a good job. I think Rogue One, Rogue One is one of my very favorite Star Wars um, movies. It was, and and it you you didn't just watch it and go like, oh, I I didn't realize until later that most of the characters were not white men because they just weren't. And it wasn't a big deal. It just kind of happened that way. But the story was good. It wasn't like we had to get up there and we had to give a speech about how this is what we're doing. Um, So I would love to see Star Wars continue in that vein, continue telling good stories. Um, Some stories maybe have been better than others here in recent history. But I I would love to see Star Wars tell good stories. And tell it with lots of different kinds of people. Absolutely. Amen. I totally agree. Well, Marisha, um, any other thoughts on representation that you might want to uh, address before we uh, sign off on this segment of the show? I don't think so. I think that I think that about covers all of my thoughts on the subject at the moment, at least. Awesome. Thank you very much, Marisha, for joining me on this and uh, allowing us to chat about representation and what it means to you, particularly as a female, as a mom, as a uh, Star Wars fan. It's always fun talking to you guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Awesome. Glad to glad to do it. Well, I am Marisha from Coruscant Radio Underground, and that's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, thanks for listening if you got this far. And thanks to the wonderful Marisha for hanging with me and discussing her particular point of view on representation. If you want to chime in and send us a message regarding what you just heard or give your thoughts, email me at scarefscuttlebutt at gmail.com, or you can always leave us a voicemail at 773-234-8659. Join us next time as our representation series continues with my discussion with Yoshi Vu, visual effects extraordinaire. Until next time, remember, it's always sunny on Scarab. <laughs>